fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our foods and our agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was sung, arranged, and performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine in Madisonville, Tennessee. We are so proud of this young 14-year-old super talent from East Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with a visit with farmers from Blount County, Tennessee. John and Susan Keller, owners of Kelmont Farms in Maryville, Tennessee. This farm has been in continuous operation since 1890, and John was also named Tennessee Farmer of the Year by UT Extension in 2014. And Susan Keller is also going to share with us a recipe from her grandmother for batter pie made with blackberries. And I've got a beautiful gospel song, if you're listening by radio, by East Tennessee's own Blount County songbird, Sarah Perkle. Thank you so much for your good company here today. I really appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get started. Let's go to East Brown School Road And visit now with Susan and John Keller. As mentioned, this farm has been in continuous operation since 1890. They raise beef cattle, corn, soybeans, hay, straw. And when you see those cute little miniature hay bales that are decorative, chances are they might be the people behind that. So let's now join up with John and Susan and hear about them and their history and their farming right here on the Tennessee Farm Table. We're sitting here talking with Susan and John Keller of Kelmont Farms. Now it's, I thought at first it'd be Keller Farms, but it's called Kelmont Farms. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you where the name, what does that mean and how'd you come up with your name? My dad did actually named it. And of course the Kel part is the first part of our last name. And then the Mont, he said, we have a beautiful view of the mountains, so that's the Mont came from that. Now the farm actually st- started at this location in 1890. My grandfather bought the first part of the farm in 1890. He bought 112 acres. And it's evolved from that over the years. Now we own 525, but it's not all right here. Mm-hmm. It's scattered from here past Heritage High School. 
Well, your granddaddy's name was what? John. <laughs> so I suppose your daddy was named John too? No. He was Earl. <laughs> My granddaddy was John T. Keller. I'm John S. Keller. Okay. The T didn't stand for anything. He just thought he ought to have a middle initial. So he <laughs> assigned himself a middle initial. Well, and, you, and Susan Keller here, you said that your family's a farming family too. Yes. My maiden name was Hitch. And um, my uh, uh, family farm is, is on Hitch Road uh, in, in this part of the county too. And uh, my, uh, our son farms with us full time. When he finished at the university, um, he came, decided he wanted to come back and farm with us. And of course, uh, John and I couldn't, we, were, we just couldn't believe it. It's kind of like the song in the sound of music somewhere in our youth or childhood. We must have done something good to have gotten him that wanted to do that. But he just, and he is the fourth generation farming the Keller farm and he is the sixth generation farming the Hitch farm and he is living in the Hitch house now he and his family on Hitch Road. So sixth generation Hitch is that right? Right uh-huh yes he is the the first person to ever a family to ever live in that household whose last name is not Hitch. My goodness. Yes yeah. and so it just really my grandfather built the house in 1911 after my mother passed away, we were clearing out the house, and we actually found the original plans dated 1911. And uh, so we know that, and I think uh, it's at least 100 years old. Uh, I'm not sure when it was finished, but I, I always thought my dad was born in the house, and he was born in 1914. So, uh, and he was a full-time farmer also. So it uh, the, it was came down through a lot of generations. Mm -hmm. What in general do all these years have y'all farmed on the Hitch farm? Well, uh, just like we do here, um, um, we always raised corn and uh, uh, we raised oats mostly. We didn't raise wheat. Now John's uh, family raised wheat. They were wheat producers, but they raised uh, you did corn too. And, uh, and, oats. and oats, yeah. And and hay. Lots of hay, I bet. Lots of hay. Yeah, and beef cattle. Beef cattle. And, of course, mm -hmm. then uh, when soybeans became popular, uh, in fact, John was, uh, we think, the first farmer maybe in the state of Tennessee to do no-till soybeans. Really? Um, no-till double crops. Yeah. After, wow. well, it's actually after oats. In 1966. Really? Oh, that was early to be doing that. And the benefit from that, obvious to some, but why would you go to no-till? Well, a lot less expense. You don't have a fuel expense, a tillage expense, and all that. And, and, and the erosion benefits also. Mm -hmm. And it can be a little more timely, mm -hmm. usually. <laughs> if it doesn't mm -hmm. rain, sometimes you can't get the planter in the ground. But <laughs> Boy, that's part of it. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Uh, Weather-dependent. Right. So you really got it early. Well, when I was in college, and I took a, a weed control course in about 1962, and the professor had been to a, a Weed Society of America meeting, and he came back and told us about a, a 
paper that had been presented, and I think it was maybe Virginia that had presented the paper about no-till corn. Of course, they took a stick and punched a hole in the ground and dropped a seed in, which was a very crude method at the time, and it evolved from that, but that was the first we'd heard of no-till corn. Let me just pose the question, how long has this farm been in operation? Well, like I said, my grandfather bought it in 1890, and it's been in continuous operation ever since. Uh, he operated it, and then my father operated it, and his brother helped him some. Uh, of course, my father was a full-time math teacher. So we did a lot of farming in the afternoons and nights and Saturdays. We didn't work on Sunday, but uh, we were pretty busy. I Otherwise, bet you were. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I came back after I graduated from UT with a degree in agricultural engineering. I came back full time into the farm. Wow. So I suppose it's a, a century farm. Um, yes, I'm sure it is. I need to get my act together and look, look all this up. Both of the farms would be century, probably even uh, uh, possibly two centuries on, on the Hitch Farm and maybe a century and a half on this one. Yeah, look it up. Not quite. Not quite, mm -hmm. I guess not, yeah. But I'd say you qualify. Yeah, the century, <laughs> definitely, both of them. And over the course of a whole season, what kind of products do y'all produce? Well, we have beef cattle, of course, and, and we feed out some freezer beefs for local people who want, you know, uh, freezer beef for their home freezers. We uh, grow field corn. Uh, we uh, grow soybeans, uh, pretty, a lot of soybeans. That's a main cash crop, actually. And we also, uh, do some corn bundling for decorator corn in the fall and then we have we grow rye and we do not harvest the rye for the seed but we we harvest it before it makes seed and, and actually make straw out of it and the straw bales go for landscaping or for decorating or whatever see now do you sell direct or do you go take it somewhere at a a mayos or a co-op or where do your products get sold? All over. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say. <Yeah. laughs> do you have a farm store? Or do people come to you? We sell a little bit here locally, but most of it is through the stores or mm -hmm. mm -hmm. co-op. We sell a lot of the corn to the co-op. Our soybeans have been going to Georgia or Alabama to Cargill. The bundling corn and the decorator straw are mostly distributed out through a big box store, mm -hmm. a well-known mm -hmm. box store. I see. I was reading an article about y'all's farm a couple years ago, and I read that, Susan, one of your favorite times is just to get in that tractor and bush hog, is that right? Oh, to disc, to, to disc. run the disc. We were very, I mean, we were just totally honored, I guess is the way to put it, many years ago uh, when uh, UT 
bought the big, what was known as the, the Waters Farm or the Davis Farm uh, uh, on the opposite side of the river across from Heritage High School. And they bought the farm and they knew they wanted to do something eventually, but they weren't exactly sure what. And so they approached John and Sam about the idea of uh, leasing the farm, and we did. We got 10 crops off of it. But that big field across the river there was my favorite. Now, I love to disc, and I could disc up the world if somebody bring fuel and keep it greased and all this. <laughs> but uh, that big field you put in there, you unfolded the disc and put it down, and I turned my cell phone off. I never did tell anybody that. And I would just disc all day. It was so marvelous. And one of them would need me. They'd come up and they'd say, we've been trying to call you. And I said, that phone, it must not work up here. <laughs> they figured it out pretty soon, though. <laughs> but I do love to disc. It, it just, it, it's just my favorite job. And Ray Kay, I like to Ray Kay. Because you can be so creative. It's just amazing what you can do with a wind row of hay. <laughs> Do y'all have a preferred brand of tractor? Green. Oh. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Yellow and green. Yellow and green. And um, if people wanted to reach out and connect with y'all, what's your preferred method? Telephone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got you. And um, don't be calling Susan's cell phone. That's. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll answer it. I just don't take messages. <laughs> well, just for the record, you were real easy to get a hold of when I when I called you and all that. Well, we are in the phone book if anybody, you know, needs something. And uh, uh, as John mentioned a while ago, one of the things that we're doing and we're expanding a market on is our uh, feeding out some of our own feeder calves. And we sell to... Uh, people who would like to have uh, farm raised, no uh, antibiotics or anything like this. Our, our beef is, is uh, we feed it uh, our own mixture of feed and uh, people can buy either a whole or a half for their, their home freezers. And so that is one of the, the things that we're pushing and hoping to expand that business just a little bit. And uh, We'll be customers. Great. Yes, <laughs> we've been looking for a good source. and. If you just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and we're visiting today with John and Susan Keller, farmers in Blount County, Tennessee. This farm, Kelmont Farms, has been in continuous operation since 1890. And again, John was named Farmer of the Year in the year 2014 by UT Extension. After a short break from our sponsor, Century Harvest Farms Foundation, we'll join back up with John and Susan Keller, and Susan will share her recipe that comes from her grandmother for batter pie made with good old Tennessee blackberries. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. Details at centuryharvest.org.
If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. And we are visiting today with John and Susan Keller, farmers in Blount County, Tennessee. And Susan is now going to share with us a recipe and a little history that comes from her grandmother. Susan Keller and John Keller, we're sitting here talking at their table. How about a recipe? Have you got something? I do. I have a recipe for you. This is called Miss Lily's Blackberry Cobbler. Mm. And this is a recipe from my grandmother, who was Lillian, uh, known as Miss Lily, Bay's Hitch. And she taught it, and she also called it Batter Pie. And it's so simple to do. It's uh, one cup of self-rising flour, one cup of sugar, and a cup of milk. And you mix all this together till it's nice and smooth. And you, in a 9 by 13 pan, you have melted a stick of butter. You pour this uh, uh, mixture over the butter. And then you put on top of that your blackberries. And you can use fresh blackberries, frozen ones, the blackberry pie filling, uh, whatever you want to use for it. And I usually, as I say, about a quart. It, it makes a nice one. Bake it at 350. Um, Usually, depending on your oven, about 30 minutes, but you want it so that everything is set. You don't want your, because your crust rises to the top in this, and so you want it to where it, you don't have a, any uh, liquid-like crust left, but at 30 minutes is pretty good, and it is absolutely, we just love it. And you can use any fruit you want to. It's not just blackberries, because fresh peaches, strawberries, um, apples, you can make it apple cobbler, just whatever you want to. And I'll give you this recipe and you can try it there. Thank you so much. Yeah. Miss Lily's Blackberry Cobbler. Yeah. Wonderful. Tell me who she was again, if you will. Well, uh, Lillian Bays Hitch was my grandmother. And her family moved into Blount County. They came from Virginia. And um, uh, she and my granddad, I don't know exactly how they met, but they tell the story that the, the Bays family had decided that, uh, well, they moved to California. But uh, my grandmother and, and granddaddy married while the, the family was all still here. And granddaddy had a whole passel of brothers. He was one of the younger ones in the family. And they got a hold of his pocket watch and they turned it back an hour. And he thought he ought to be ready on, the wedding, on the wedding day. And he thought he ought to be, he was ready, and he looked at the time, and he thought, well, I can't be an hour early. So he gets in his horse and buggy, and he comes over from Hitch Road, where he was living over in that area on the Hitch Farm, and the Bays family lived over on the Wildwood Road. And so he rides his buggy over, and everybody's standing in the yard, and he doesn't think about this, and he waves at everybody and just drives on by, and an hour later he comes back. <laughs> and she married him anyway. <laughs> but it was just it was just so funny, and uh, it was then the family moved to California. Uh, but there were three of the daughters who had already established homes here in, in families in Blount County. And so when John's, when they were going, moving to California, rather than moving everything, they had a original yard sale or whatever you wanted to call it then. And John's grandfather, John, went to that sale and bought a bed and a dresser, and our son Sam 
uses that dresser today. Oh, that's a wonderful story. <laughs> so you're asking how we met. I don't know if it was over the dresser or not, but we, <laughs> but it did. Uh, that was the uh, they told that story because John's uh, uh, father always would tell me about that. He was the one that told me about that connection that's between. Yeah, it's fantastic. Sam just loves. He cherishes the dresser because of that. Well, John and Susan Keller here at Kelmont Farms in Blount County. And Susan, tell them about Miss Lily's Blackberry Cobbler. Thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you, John. Now, I'm not a cook. I, I'm just in quality control <laughs> and sampling. <laughs> well, i got to ask, when she does apples or blackberries or blueberries, What's your favorite version of this cobbler, John? Probably blackberries, mm -hmm. but I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you pick your own blackberries? Yes. Yeah. They're better that way, aren't they? John's mother, when did she, she set out blackberries, yeah. uh, not just based on the wild ones, uh -huh. and she called them tame. I, when did she set those out? Fifties, I guess. Yeah. And she in a patch back here in the, in the pasture field. Well, they're all over everywhere now. The birds have carried them and so forth. And they are the best blackberries. But they're I don't know why the tame. I mean, even the thorns, the leaves have thorns on them. But uh, well, them was Bradley berries. Yeah. Okay. But they're sweeter than our oh, native blackberries. Yes. And a lot bigger too. And they're they're even sweeter and more and, and better tasting than the new thornless ones. I tried some out here. I've not done really well with mine out here setting out the thornless ones and I put them up on wires and babied them around and the kids like to pick them because they're not but they we all go to the the berry patch and, and pick the blackberries. Yeah. Mm. So it just really, but it's it's been fun to have them. And, uh, but Blackberry and Sam's oldest son, I mean, he, if you want to impress Isaac, you have Blackberry Cobbler. That, that <laughs> Isaac loves Cobbler. Sweet little, <laughs> sweet thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Well, thank you so much once again. Well, thank it. you for coming. We appreciate this. If you just joined us, you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and we have been visiting today with John and Susan Keller, farmers in Blount County, Tennessee. This farm has been in continuous operation since 1890, and again, John was named Farmer of the Year in the year 2014 by UT Extension. John and Susan have also been involved for many years with an organization called Citizens Against the Pellissippi Parkway Extension to stop the extension of the Pellissippi Parkway Interstate, which is proposed and, if completed, will be paved right through the Keller's farm. This organization's concerns are the following. Urban sprawl, increased traffic, loss of farmland, residences, and businesses, water, and air quality and noise concerns, economic impact, and loss of wildlife habitat. For information on the group that is opposed to the Pellissippi Parkway extension that both John and Susan Keller are actively involved with, save it, don't pave it, dot org. And as always, I have put links to John and Susan and how you can get in touch with them 
and in their case I've written their phone number and their address and also I've got all that information for all of my guests and events that I mention on my website and that's also where the podcast can always be found or downloaded that is tennesseefarmtable.com under that link that says listen to the show and be sure to tell your friends from out of state that they can listen anytime to this show right from my website. And support for the Tennessee Farm Table podcast is brought to you by Dancing Bear Lodge in Appalachian Bistro, located in Townsend, Tennessee. Introducing Vittles and Fiddles, an Appalachian-inspired three-day celebration of our Appalachian heritage with music, dance, and chef-prepared dishes steeped in tradition, August 2nd through the 4th. On Friday, there will be the Vittles and Fiddles, Summer Lamb Roast and Square Dance, featuring the Sleepy-Eyed John's five-piece string band and renowned Square Dance caller Leo Collins, plus gourmet s'mores and nightcaps under the stars. Saturday will be the annual Bacon and the Bear dinner, featuring 12 renowned Appalachian chefs, preparing dishes steeped in Appalachian roots, wine and bourbon samplings, Artisan and farmer exhibits, including seed saver John Koykendall, live music from Humble Bob and the Engineers, and a silent auction, all to benefit New Hope Children's Advocacy of Blount County. And on Sunday, the Jonas Ridge Farmhouse Brunch with bottomless mimosas and build your own Bloody Mary bar. Tickets and lodging information, dancingbearlodge.com. And I've also placed a link in the notes where the podcast is at TennesseeFarmTable.com under that link that says listen to the show. This is Karen Schenkels, winner of the 2015 National Cornbread Festival Cook-Off, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. And now it's time for the gospel portion of our radio broadcast. We like to call this our daily bread. And how about if we hear from Sarah Perkle from her project, Walking Tall Through High Weeds. Here's her version of the song, Death is Only a Dream, right here on the Tennessee Farm Table. Sadly we sing and with tremulous breath As we stand by the mystical stream In the valley and by the dark river of death And yet it's no more than a dream Why should we weep when the weary ones are rest in the bosom of Jesus supreme In the mansions of glory prepared for the blessed For death is no more than a dream Only a dream, only a dream Of glory beyond the dark stream How peaceful the slumber how happy the waking, where 
where death is only a dream. Not in the river the saints should appall, though it frightfully dismal may seem. In the arms of our Savior no ill can befall. They find it no more than a dream. Only a dream, only a dream of glory beyond the dark stream. How peaceful the slumber, how happy the Doth the light of eternity gleam And the ransom the darkness and storm shall outride To wake with glad smiles from their dream Only a dream, only a dream Of glory beyond the dark stream How peaceful the slumber how happy the waking Where death is only a Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production. And you are listening to East Tennessee's own 899 WDVX, and it is time for Sweetgrass.